Position. My name is Riyad. My name is Kevin. Today is Tuesday, August 17th. We're about a little over a week out um, from the U.S. winning the gold medal in the Olympics. Um, we didn't talk about it much because we kind of both expected the 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 um, U.S. team to win. Um, Durant showed out. Obviously, there was a um, we did we did actually get our predictions right though. We said yeah, we did U.S. versus the field. So yeah. just establishing an immense amount of credibility, taking the heavy <laughs> favorite to win. Yeah, exactly. Um, but now we're getting into you know trades and signings and uh, roster construction. Um, summer league's on right now, uh, so there's going to be some moves to be made, some cuts, some additions. Um, we discussed a little bit of the big big uh, moves last time uh, with Westbrook going to the Lakers. That was probably the biggest. Um, since then, we've had a few more moves um, in addition to some re-signings and signings. Um, Kawhi did re-sign with the Clippers for four years. Um, and Embiid also resigned um, with the uh, Sixers for four years. That Those were probably the two biggest. Um, Gladdy, you want to go ahead and tell us what you think about the Embiid re-signing? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say, like, I was getting nervous, but, like, it was still just, like, a little bit, um, like, eye-opening. Uh, obviously like they haven't really done too much this off season. There's been tons of rumors around Ben and we'll continue to hear that until obviously a deal gets done. Um, I don't think necessarily like he was like considering leaving or not wanting to be here. Uh, but I also at the same time think like it could have just been him, like just showing that he does have a little bit of leverage and like but I just think he has too good of a relationship with Daryl. Like it was so funny. There was like someone on Twitter the other day, they were playing tennis together at Drexel university. Um, so I just really think he, they've established a great relationship. And honestly, like if we didn't get and Darryl, playing tennis. Yeah. He's a multi-sport <laughs> athlete. It's my nice. center. Nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, I it just couldn't, couldn't, couldn't be happier. Um, I mean, he's my favorite Philly athlete. Uh, probably of all time. I mean, obviously Iverson's there, especially just because obviously I'm a basketball yeah. head, but like, it's just, I'm at the age so much, like such a more prevalent, prevalent age of like being able to actually appreciate everything about it. Yeah. That I was so young. Like it was my childhood with Iverson, but I was just still so young. Yeah. Like, you were like, I was seven during yeah. that finals run. It's yeah. like, I like remember the concept, but like the yeah. details are like, not I barely I barely remember watching that finals. Like, yeah, I, rem exactly. I remember like uh, probably stuff that I've just seen in highlights that is just, yeah, like, in my memory. Yeah, it's like what do you actually remember to, like or is yeah. what versus what is just the highlights. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean I just couldn't be more thrilled that he seems like he's gonna be a sixer for his entire career, knock on wood. True um, true or false. Uh the Sixers need to win a title in the next four years if they're gonna win a title with Embiid as the best player. Yeah, I think that's true. Okay, I, I think I'd agree with that just because of his injury history. Yeah, definitely. And um, and you've already seen like a like, obviously, I still think I mean this season was the best season of his career, mm -hmm. but you definitely have seen a decline in his like leaping ability, some of his rim protection. But I mean that that being said, it came with a surplus of his knowledge of the game, his yeah, wisdom, and how to pass out of double teams, uh, expanding his skill set. He had his best percentages this year, shooting from the mid-range as well. Um, so, I, 
I'm not saying it's a downfall, but that's why I would definitely agree with in four years. So, yeah, um, I think that's it's pretty time pressing. So the other signing that I mentioned was Kawhi with the Clippers. They also did trade um, Beverly and Rondo for um, Bledsoe. Um, do you think that was a good move or helped them at all? Um, I think it's like kind of like a a bet more that like Kawhi won't be there all season and they want to like remain in the hunt so that in case he does come back yeah. um, because I necessarily I don't necessarily think that they're better with like Bledsoe in the playoffs I'd probably rather have the surplus of Rondo and Beverly for his defense um, Beverly did a really good job on making life hard on uh, a mix of Booker and CP in that mm-hmm. series um, but I, I think Bledsoe is like a more durable and like more scoring point guard for the regular season. So I think it's more yeah. of a bet on like just trying to get them in the hunt still, in a good situation. So they, if, they, yeah, if they're, so they're not the, like an yeah. eight seed when Kawhi comes back, kind of like what the Lakers were this year where they had to play. Yeah, exactly. Play the what about you? Um, I, I think I'd agree with mostly what you said. Um, I think Beverly is kind of a, matchup depending defender like you saw him get benched during the Mavericks series but then he was pretty good against the uh right against the in the other series um Rondo I don't think is a big loss he he got kind of like spot minutes last year he wasn't really uh, you know in, is it in, father times catching up with them yeah and just because of his I mean I don't know what's going on with Rondo and you know in his in his life but he just he doesn't always seem like he's invested fully in every situation. So it's just that's why he's you see him traded so many times. It's just they're they're just trying to find you know a little bit of uh, production from him. It's um, crazy. It's a little off topic, but like it's crazy that now that Corver just retired and I think he's an assistant on the Nets now or yeah. some player development or something. Yeah. That it's just Mello and Braun from that 03 draft class that is in the league, and they're on the same squad now. Crazy. Hold on, wasn't CP? Also in that, or no, was he the year this, after? I think he was the year, year after. after. Yeah. Um, I think the only other signing that was uh, maybe newsworthy, um, at least for now, uh, was the Sun signed McGee. And obviously he's not going to be, you know, a big time player for them. But um, we did see them kind of get dominated in, inside in the finals um, with Giannis and Bobby Portis and Lopez. Um, so they're obviously trying to bulk up a little bit. Um, do you do you think that's a, that was a good uh, pickup for them? Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, at the price that they got him, I thought he's a great, he's a good rim protector. He obviously helped the Lakers a lot win that title um, in terms of just physicality, rim protection. Um, I mean, Aiton played solid, but like whenever he got his rest or in foul trouble, they were screwed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously it, it hurt losing Dario just because he's a physical player. Yeah. And he's not really going to get pushed around. Um, but you never know what it'll be like coming off an ACL there. So I definitely think it's some good insurance and just gives him some more flexibility. Um, so, I mean, it's another person to even throw at Jokic if they do, you know, when they do see them at some point, maybe in the postseason. Uh, so yeah, it's just another option that, uh, kind of gives them a little more, uh, a little more depth there. Yeah, definitely. Um, any other moves that, uh, were no, no, I guess, uh, the Schroeder, like, it's just interesting to talk about, won't spend much time on it, but like that he denied that, what was it? 20. 
24 or 22, 20 to 24 was, million a year with the Lakers. Yeah, it was 84. Was like four, four year, year 84 or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then he ends up getting under six mil a year. Uh, it's kind of oh, crazy, but I, I'm not sure what what someone's state of mind is at that point when yeah, you lose right. that much money. Um, so we'll see. I mean, you obviously go go out and hopefully earn his next contract. Bro, he ain't st- he ain't starting on the Celtics. No, nah, I don't think so. But coming off the bench, that was a good role for him. And it is, but if he's trying to get a payday, he's not yeah, getting it but, off the bench. I mean, you go out and compete for a top three six man of the year. Jordan Clarkson just did that, and he got paid. So yeah. it's it's not the worst situation in the world. I think it, he helps them. They had no depth last year. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah we'll see. All right, to get to our main part of the podcast today, we are doing a top 10 list, uh, but it's not a top 10 list um, like uh, for top 10 best players in the league. It's a top 10 best player for a winner take all game. So imagine a game seven to win it all. Who would you want your top 10 players? Who would you most want in the league? Um, the uh, There was a poll given to GMs and coaches around the league. I couldn't find the full list. I think it was, but I did find like reports on it. And uh, I think like 50% of the coaches and GMs uh, stuck with LeBron um, for uh, who would they want for a winner take all game. Um, before we get into our list a little bit, um, Gladdy, you want to kind of lay out kind of what, what we're thinking of with the criteria for these lists? Yeah. So I just had, um, you know, five like short things that I kind of based my, uh, my list on, mm-hmm. um, in that type of game, we've seen them plenty of times throughout NBA history, a couple of things to consider that are definitely going to be factors there. Um, first one is the, the how it's going to be refereed. So, uh, you're not going to be getting as many tic-tac fouls. And obviously we won't see that anyway this year with the rule change. Yeah. Uh, the defense obviously is going to tighten up a ton and fatigue is probably going to play a factor. Um, you know, the clutch gene, uh, if that does exist, yeah. uh, would come out. And then, I mean, as much as it pains me, cause I was just talking about how much I love Joel Embiid. Um, I personally, um, didn't have any centers in my top 10, uh, just because of how difficult it is in a late playoff series, specifically a game seven, uh, yeah. to get <clears throat> post touches, um, you know, just being like, one the level of physicality that they'll allow to play with and then also just it's just it, it's not easy it's going to be some the primary ball handler the primary initiator that are going to be yeah. getting most of the shots or making most of the plays for the team uh so that's something that that's like my top five like criteria that i kind of try to keep in mind uh when making this list uh, yeah I, kick, I, sorry go ahead. i was just gonna say i'll kick it over you to to go over your top five and then we yeah kind of just to just to kind of piggyback off what you said i think the the really the main point about what you said is the perimeter versus the big man um criteria because um even if you can get the ball to the big man the defense in one game can kind of still scheme around that and it's it's a lot easier to kind of um take take that away than a perimeter player who has his ball, ball in his hands and can kind of make plays so I think that's a great point. I think another thing is um, that I think there's more valuable there's more value to players on this list that are all around players. Um, for example, like you got you have some really good scores, 
However, because it's a winner take all game, if they're shooting or their scoring isn't, you know, they ha- they aren't having the best game, especially in a high pressured game that they can kind of impact the game in other ways. And that's kind of, that's kind of one big criteria that I tried to use also. So you, so you don't think that you would have like Ben Simmons in there then? <laughs> <laughs> Cause after that game, nah, seven, he's number he, one, uh, bro. He's number one. When, when he scored four points and. Let, yeah, you got to shoot the ball in the fourth young. quarter for me to for me to yeah, count on yeah. you. Okay, I was just wasn't sure. He was he was yeah. he it was a tough one. It was a tough one. Yeah, it was the first I, one I out. Barely had to leave him off. <laughs> um, all right. To start with my list, I think the top two are pretty clear. It's LeBron and Durant. I I chose LeBron. I stuck with LeBron. Um, just to compare the two uh, in Game Sevens, LeBron is six and two. Durant is six and two, or Durant is three and two. Um, they both average about 35 points a game in those game sevens. Um, their shooting numbers are pretty good. Durant's are actually uh, better than LeBron's 52.9 from the field and 48.8 from three, which is incredible. When I saw um, that, I was, that was ridiculous. I, I saw that I had that team stat 48% yeah. from three. It's like, yeah, that's incredible. How? Yeah. Um, so, you know, even though Durant might go off scoring wise, the reason why I pick LeBron is, is, really the reason why you would pick LeBron anyways like he just controls the whole game he's not it's going to be in his control he's going to be able to push the tempo or you know slow it up he's going to be able to get get the ball to whoever he needs to um and then he's you know he's a pretty good uh uh weak side defender so um that's the reason why I pick LeBron obviously he's getting old and, and Durant is catching up to him but um, other than that, there's no reason for for um, LeBron not to be number one, in my opinion. Um, then three, four, and five, um, I went with Giannis, Kawhi, and Curry. Um, Giannis, uh, he doesn't have a lot of, I think, well, he's one and one in game sevens. He doesn't have a lot of experience in that. But I think what we saw against the Suns, his dominance, um, even, you know, on a bad leg, uh, not not even having a jump shot like I think he's kind of figured a little bit out of what he has to do in big games um, he has you know he shoots 54 percent from the field in those games um, 31 points per game uh, Kawhi had four um, I'm shocked he, you put him in your top five who Kawhi yeah. and, and this is another <laughs> thing so I, I have Kawhi actually lower on like and we'll do this later in the uh, in the year but uh I have Kawhi a lot lower than I have him in this list than I have, or I have him lower in my top 20 best players in the league list than I have him in this list. And I think obviously his biggest thing is just, he's a two-way player. He, he can dominate on both sides um, from the most part, but he is three and three in game sevens um, only averaging 22 points per game. That's Um, skewed though. That's skewed. Why? Just because of like, his, I bet you some of those were his like rookie or like very early on in his career with the Spurs when he was playing behind Duncan and those guys. It might have been, it might have been, but he's but he's also averaging thirty nine minutes per game in those in those yeah. six games. I, so. I, I like I didn't look into the exact details. Yeah, of that, but I'm just guessing that like if you were to look at like Toronto and and uh, Los Angeles Kawhi, that it would. I mean, not saying that you can ignore the rest of his career, but it would be significantly higher. Than yeah, that. he was like, definitely a late bloomer in the league. Yeah, because like he was what? I mean, he at least played in one game seven against yeah. the LeBron team in Miami as within his first two yeah. or three years in the NBA. Yeah. I, and I also, I think 
sometimes we focus on plus minus and I don't think it's always the best um, indicator, but LeBron is uh, plus 36 and Durant is plus 40 in game sevens while Kawhi or Giannis and Kawhi are minus 10 and minus 14. So, um, you know, I think that just my point of like why LeBron and Durant should be above everybody else. I think that kind of signifies it. And then number five, Curry, um, he's two and two in game sevens. Um, he's averaging 28 points in those games, um, 43 from the field, but 44 from three. Um, the reason why I have Curry, I would, I think I would normally have him lower, but the reason why is because this past year we saw him go off and on so many games, like even in that play in tournament game against the Lakers, like he was just going off. Like it's hard to really guard him if he's going off. And obviously he's not going to make the impact an impact on the game um, on the defensive end or, you know, he can play make obviously, but um, that's why I have him after those four. What I think I'm kind of like the opposite of you. Oh, like, really? uh, well, I mean, I guess just in a sense of like the, when you said like lower, with Kawhi on your normal list and higher on this one. Yeah. I honestly think I have Curry higher on my normal list and I have him a lot lower on this one. Got it. Yeah. I just, I, I think that there are some criticisms on Curry, you know, the first couple finals they were, uh, right. they played in, he, you know, he didn't really play up to his MVP status. Um, but I just think, I think because it's one, if it was like one series, I, I think I would agree with you. I'd put him lower. But if it's one game where he could score 50 and he can just shoot from anywhere, I think I got I got to have him top five. What about you? What about your top five? Yeah, so I'll kind of start um, comparing your first two. I mean, I don't think you can go wrong with Durant or LeBron at number one. Um, They were my top two as well. Uh, You know, I've been a big LeBron fan all, all the whole time. Um, but I do have Durant in front of him. I mean, just seeing him score that 48 point game seven and against they the lost. Nets, yeah, but that wasn't his fault. He was no, beyond exhausted. No, um, and I, I just thought that that, that was the cadence to, especially with, I mean, yeah, maybe LeBron did, wasn't hundred percent. He wasn't hundred percent, but just like coming off that high ankle injury in year 18, if I have one game right now, like I think. I mean, we all saw that Kevin Durant came back borderline yeah. better after the Achilles injury. So yeah. I just give him the nod in an important game like that. Just, I mean, he's a, no doubt a better half court scorer than LeBron. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously I, I've totally been behind that, um, you know, controlling the tempo of the game. And that is a big factor. Uh, but I just thought that, I mean, after that performance with a mix of his just three level, just unstoppableness at seven feet, and LeBron did just look a little older. Maybe it was just the injury. We'll see how it goes this year. Yeah. Um, in a game seven, I was just going to go with Durant. I mean, same thing. I think another big point with that is also the uh, free throw shooting in a huge game like that. I trust Durant to make foul shot, more foul shots down the stretch in an important game like that. LeBron's definitely been a little, you know, hot and cold yeah. uh, from the free throw line down the stretch. So that's why I would just barely give Durant the nod. Um, but like I said, same thing with LeBron. I had him at two. Um, he's never scored below 25 in a game seven. Obviously, the most notable being the 37, 12, and four versus Spurs to win it all, um, back-to-back titles. And then yep. the 2016, um, the best comeback yep. in NBA history, maybe in yeah. sports history, um, with 27, 11, 11 there. So those are my top two. I do think there's a gap there as well, kind of like you said. Um 
we're gonna go into three and you obviously i'm going with Kawhi there much okay. higher on him than you and sango are but i was surprised to see you had him well not not that far from my list on this list right right, he was right. four on this um list. you know obviously you had the the one bad series against the nuggets in the bubble and you know that is uh you know definitely going to be on his resume but i mean I saw him score 45 against the Sixers in a game seven and break my heart. Um, I mean, the, the two, like you mentioned, the two way point is huge for me in a game seven. Yeah. Um, he's going to put everything on the line there. And actually, I mean, that might be a knock on him at times where he's not covering the best player, but I mean, Brown doesn't do that anymore. And there's yeah. plenty of other players around the league that you won't see do that. Giannis playing off the ball and whatnot. Um, but even this year he had 29, 10 and nine in that closeout game against the Mavs. Um, so, that's why I had him at three. Um, now four, I so badly, and you would have liked this. I, I was so close to putting Luca at four. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up putting Giannis four and Luca five just because of that game six performance. I know it wasn't a game seven, but like that was like their like home game. Like yeah. this is the biggest game of Giannis's career. Yeah. And just how dominant he was on both ends of the floor. And really he did it. My... He did it in the finals. Like I, I think yeah. we, it, we can't like under us under understate that. Like it was in the finals, and the last game he scored fifty. Like, yeah, one hundred percent. So I mean, just like what he was doing on both ends of the floor, I would always knock on him a little bit for the uh, not covering the other team's best player. But you just see the crazy impact that he had off the ball with his chase down and help blocks in the finals. Yeah, and it just really showed his value. Um, but yeah. The fifth one, um, I wanted to give a little bit, like mix it up uh, a little bit of like a out of the ordinary. Wouldn't think he would be there. I did put Luca as uh, my number five. I mean, obviously he has, I think he's only played in one, maybe two game sevens. One game um, seven, yeah. And that was, he had 46 and 14. Like, yeah. obviously they didn't win, but. On 45, I mean, three point percentage. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I just thought that he was unbelievable in that game. And just how he can in that big of a game, like it is going to be like I saw that Sixers uh, Toronto series or game seven. And like, yeah, like Kawhi just took every shot and like Luke is going to do that in a game seven. And like he's either going to take every shot or assist on like a ton of easy buckets or open threes for other people. Um, So it kind of goes back to like that, like LeBron sense where he's going to control the game on offense completely. Um, And I didn't see like enough out of like w- without spoiling my the rest of my list. Like I thought there was a step. He's a step up from the other people that um, like it wasn't enough. Like this person's that much of a two way player. Like for example, whatever I have Jimmy in my top ten, but there's just such a gap in the offensive ability uh, and ability to control the game and so many assets offensively. Yeah. Uh, that I didn't like see enough value in Jimmy being a better defender than Luca to be able to slide him up like a couple spots. Yeah. And uh, I think, I think one thing to mention on that top five, just the LeBron Durant thing. Um, you know, I agree with a lot with, with what you said. I just think when you mentioned that like 2016 comeback, the game seven, like, like, I understand Durant is a good help side defender, but just that block at the end, like that shows. Right, but this is this like is today. LeBron. We're we're doing this for a game seven tomorrow. We're not doing yeah, this yeah. for twenty sixteen. Okay, five, but I also yeah. thought I also thought he was the best player last year. So right during the regular season. Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um. So all right, to get to my uh, last five of the list, six through ten. Uh. So I did have Luca six. 
Um, I couldn't have them above Curry or Kawhi um, just because I, they've they've been in so many big games and I just I need to see Luca win a series first before I put them above them. But um, that being said, Luca's numbers in that game seven against the Clippers this year were ridiculous. Um, his playoff stats in general in general are um, 33 points per game, eight rebound, 8.8 rebounds, 9.5 assists, 49 from the field and 39 from three. So that's against like two of the best wing defenders in the league um, uh, the past two years against the Clippers. So he, he does obviously show up in big games, um, even when the defense is totally keying in on him. Um, he's the only player on my list that's like really, really young. Um, but you can just see his impact on on um, his team already. Um, I had number seven. I had Harden uh, in game sevens. He's three and two. Uh, he's averaging twenty three point eight points per game in those uh, six rebounds, seven assists. Uh, but his shooting numbers are are, are yeah. down. He's uh, shooting thirty seven from the field and twenty two from three. Um, you know, that's kind of been criticism all his career. Well, not all his career, but, you know, the career um, where he's been a superstar uh, that, you know, there's a little bit of a dip in big games in the playoffs um, because of the style of his play. He doesn't get as many calls. Um, you know, defenses are keying in on him, on the other players. He's not able to uh, play make as well. Um, but, you know, I had to put him again above my next three just because he's he's that dominant and again like i said earlier um about you know if his numbers aren't good from shoot, uh scoring wise he can still impact from right. playmaking standpoint um number eight i had lillard uh he's one and oh in in uh game sevens um his it, again it's only one game but his numbers are pretty low in that game uh it was 13 points 10 rebounds eight assists only 17 percent from the field and uh, 22% from three. That's one uh, game. It's such a small sample size. They did but... win that game, um, and they, it, it launched them to the Western Conference Finals. That was in 2019 when they beat the Nuggets. So um, it was a big game, and they did win it, so you got to give him credit as the best player. Um, but, again, he's he's lower on this list because, again, if, if he's not shooting well, he's not having as big of an impact as the other players. Uh, number nine, I had Jimmy Butler. Uh, he's one and one in game sevens. Um, again, his numbers aren't great, uh, only averaging 12.5 points on 33.3% from the field and 20 from three. However, um, we did see in the bubble in the finals, him kind of really carry the heat and, you know, really give them a chance in multiple games. Um, I think he had like 45 in one of the games. But again, yeah, he uh, we saw him in the finals kind of <clears throat> two years ago. Uh, play really well, carry his team. So, um, you know, he's a he's a tough player. He's going to give you all the effort you you need. Um, and he's a smart player. <clears throat> Number 10 on my last on my list. He's the only big guy on my list. Oh, so you did put one on there. Jokic. <clears throat> so we all, but that's ridiculous that we didn't even talk about this before the podcast. And we have nine of the 10 the same. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, Jokic, I. It was it was really between him and Embiid, um, both dominant players. The reason why, I'd, again, I'd give Jokic the nod is because he's he can impact the from a passing and playmaking standpoint. Um, 
and uh, just a knock on Embiid. I just think he gets sometimes he gets tired at the end of games. The fatigue, yeah, like the criteria I was saying earlier. Fatigue. By the time yeah. Game seven comes. Yeah, uh, fatigue. Um, but you know, Jokic, he's 24, 16, and seven in game sevens. He's three and one. Um, uh, his sh- shooting percentage isn't great, but um, he's won a couple of big game sevens. Uh, so why, that's why I would uh, put him there. Um, but that rounds out my list. All right, cool. Yeah, so like I said, we have uh, nine of the same 10, uh, nine of 10, the exact same. Yeah. Um, so I left off with Luca at five. I, same thing with you. I like really wanted to put Dame in front of Steph. Um, I ended up giving Steph the nod uh, more because of the, if they are both off shooting, just like his movement off the ball is just yeah. incredible and just makes him so much more valuable there. Um, I mean, Dame obviously is the reason I put him at seven was just because of his crunch time, crunch time stats are through the roof. He's been the most clutch player in the NBA the last couple of seasons and big time moments. Um, and I really wanted to put, put him that at six, but just the movement off the ball. Um, I mean, they both, I mean, yeah, stuff like early in his career, some of his playoff, um, you know, finals weren't great, uh, but he has, you know, he's proven he's good enough to be an NBA champion. Um, Damon hasn't done that yet as well. So I decided to go uh, Curry six, Dame seven. I went with Jimmy at eight. Um, oh, in front of Harden. Yeah, I barely put Harden. I put Harden in my at 10 um so he's just not scared of the moment um you know was willing to take all those shots two-way player um him like outplaying lebron in in an nba finals game like that that he did um was just like really bumped him up that list for me um like you said the stats don't like jump out at you but i mean he really really put that team on his back that year Um, during that bubble run um so nine is actually where we have our difference because i put harden at 10 um he's only played in one but he hit arguably the biggest shot in game seven Kyrie history i have Kyrie at nine um i mean just like he's gonna in a crucial game seven just because like so much of my evaluation was like the defense tightening up like not getting foul calls um and like he's gonna get to a spot and he's just such a good uh he's just so talented at hitting tough shots um he's probably has the best handle in the nba if not it, uh, definitely top three um so I, that's why i put him at nine um just how good he is is getting to a spot three-way score um like it's another thing with the defense tightening up like his ability to finish in such a variety number of ways around the rim is just super impressive to me um, and I think, you know, if you are going against a really good defense in NBA finals with, you know, like for example, Giannis this year, how good he was, you know, helping off, you know, helping off of his man and blocking shots and whatnot, like Kyrie can still get those weird angles, tough shots off. Um, and I did put Harden at 10. And like I said, I looked at those stats too, 37 from the field, 22 from three. I didn't even want to put him in, but he's just like, when you have like potential to be like, obviously not better than like Jordan or anyone or like yeah. Kobe, but like just like the most like talented scorer of all yeah. time. Like when you're yeah. in that conversation and you've won MVPs like he has and like been the leading scorer in the NBA multiple seasons, you got to put him on there. And I think now that he's in Brooklyn and he doesn't have to be the best player on the team, and obviously he isn't. Uh, I think that's just going to be, you know, I think he'll be much better in pivotal game, pivotal playoff games, pivotal game sevens if they get there. 
in the in the yeah, upcoming that, season. Yeah, I think I think it's the, that go off factor. I think that's why I also I kind of like applied that to Curry too. Just he can just go off, and that's like he's disgusting been disgusting that I put three people in, on the nets in the top ten. <laughs> like that's such a luxury to have, and like meanwhile, fucking Ben Simmons won't even take a jump shot in the half yeah. court. Or even dunk on Trey Young in the playoffs. Oh, so I don't want to get into that. Um, my last two off were Kyrie and Embiid. Um, Kyrie, I really, I really considered putting him on. Um, he's also one of those players that could just go off and he can hit a big shot. Yeah. And, you, and you want the ball in his hands in the fourth quarter. Um, it's just like the other things that. So like when I try to picture these players in the game, like can I imagine them being blown out? in this game seven and I can imagine a Kyrie led team being blown out. Right. Like all these other players, I can't really like LeBron, Durant, Giannis, Kawhi, Curry, Luca, Harden, Lillard, Butler, Jokic. They're going to keep it close. I think Kyrie led team could get blown out. Um, But yeah, that rounds out our list. Um, I think, I think it's obviously, it's obviously going to be a little bit different than our, you know, top players in the league because you're factoring other things like assets and and the team around them and and you know potential and their age and whatever. Um, with game sevens, it's a little bit easier, kind of just pinpoint just one game. Who do, who do you want? Um, but uh, you know, I think we could see a, a few of these players in the finals, you know, this year or or in big Definitely. games in the conference finals. Um, just to mention. Uh, the out of active players, the top 10 playoff win share per 48 is LeBron first, Kawhi second, Jokic third, Durant fourth, Giannis fifth, Curry sixth, CP three seventh, Harden eighth, Capella ninth, and Kyrie tenth. Capella, yeah, that's why you cannot always trust these advanced yeah, statistics. Exactly, you gotta, you gotta use the aggregate. Embiid is averaging the most points per 36 minutes in NBA history. Really? I didn't know that. Nice. Yeah, saw that today. Nice. Um, all right. So before we wrap up this episode, I got a little bit of trivia for Mr. Gladstone here. Oh, boy. Um, it's a little bit of Sixer trivia. So he's on the spot here. First one, the first question. I got two questions. All right. So out of the th- so the 1983. Oh, come on. Philadelphia 76ers won the title. Name three of the starters. Uh, Dr. J, Moses Malone, and um, I think Bobby Jones came off the bench for that team. You're right. He did. You guys, I think he won six man of the year. Was Daryl Dawkins on that roster or was he traded? No. Fuck. Um, the point guard. Uh, Maurice Cheeks. Yep. Uh, the other the other two starters were Andrew Tony and Mark Iavaroni. I don't know okay. how to pronounce that. Uh, and uh, the s- second question is, who is the 76ers all-time leading scorer? I feel like this is a trick question. It's, it's an old player. Is it Wilt? Nope. I think he only had a couple seasons on the Sixers, didn't he? Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a guard. He's an old player. You, yeah, so that's why I was going to say trick question because I wanted to say that it's AI. 
No. But obviously it's not. Um, let me think. I wanted to, I thought it was, I mean, AI has got to be top three. I don't know what it is. I feel like Charles didn't play enough years. How, how old are we talking? He was born in 1936. Oh, dude, I have no idea. Hal Greer. Uh, okay. All right. I wouldn't have got that. Yeah. I'll I, take th- I thought you were two. about to say it. You were like, huh? No, and it's, I had no idea. Looked like you were about to say how. When you said 1936, I lost all hope. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he was drafted by the Syracuse Nationals. That's so far. <laughs> His AI is out to be top three, right? AI is number two. Okay. Do you know who number three is? He was Hal Greer's teammate. Well, if I didn't know that <laughs> age, I know. <laughs> Yo, you're supposed to be a diehard. Yeah, all die Sixers hard since history. I've been alive. All Sixers history. <laughs> uh, yeah, Charles Charles Barkley's five. Okay. Yeah. Andre Iguodala's nine. Yeah, Iggy put up mad buckets during those years when we sucked. Yeah. We were average. Definitely. You're gonna watch the uh, summer league championship tonight? No, the Celtics are in it. <laughs> All right, so that wraps up this episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, We'll be back soon. Please rate and subscribe, and we will see you next time. Peace.